What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-3, and three, heading into Week 10 against the Green Bay Packers. Alternative jerseys have been announced this week. Exciting stuff, and if you ask J.J. Watt, he wants them to stay Forever. We'll dive into uh, some potential lineup changes that the Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to make. Mike Tomlin, passionate about his quarterback and what we should and should not be focusing on when it comes to Kenny Pickett and two injuries that the Pittsburgh Steelers will monitor heading into the weekend. It is a beautiful, kind of cold, but sunny and nice day out in the park. I think we're getting adjusted to the fact that it is freezing at all times. How we feel, my friend? Um, I feel good. Um, you know, another uh, another Tomlin Tuesday came and went, and it was, I don't know, not chippy, but like, yeah, there was some energy to that to that thing. Like there was there was some juice to that room. Mike Tomlin was really bringing it. Uh, he had a lot. He had a lot to say, and he was he was feeling everything he said. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think there's two sides to Mike Tomlin. Like there's the you view him as a fan, which I was not there yesterday. I. Had to go to Altoona because everybody knows if you didn't know, car broke down like a month ago. They finally got it done. They called me. They said, hey, I need you to come pick it up today. I said, great, fantastic. Tuesday, I got nothing going on. Went out to Altoona, watched Tomlin when I when I got back or on the way back. And when you watch him online, when you watch the press conference on YouTube or whatever, you're sitting there and you're going, this is like funny. Like Tomlin's having a good time. He's like kicking jokes. He's busting these guys. If you're in the room and everybody who's tweeting it from the room, it's like this guy is super hostile and he's just like, you know what? Stop asking me dumb questions. Stop trying to criticize my team that we're getting serious right now. And I kind of enjoyed it from the from the <laughs> fan perspective. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was nice to not be there and be like, all right, well, this guy's got a problem today and that's OK. But I like when he gets chippy. I think that it gets passionate. I think that I think there are two sides to Tomlin Tuesdays. There's the Steelers lost Tomlin Tuesdays where he's you know, kind of a little bit chippy at his team. And then there's the Steelers one where he's chippy at all the negative energy. And I I like both sides. You know, obviously I like when the Pittsburgh Steelers win, but I felt it was uh, just like you said, there was, there was a lot of juice in that room yesterday. There were two major things that stood out with that juice. Tomlin talking about Kenny Pickett and Tomlin talking about the offensive line. Let's start with the offensive line this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers right tackle position is listed as Broderick Jones or Chooks Okorafor starting against the Green Bay Packers. Tomlin said that he is not all the way in on Broderick Jones being a starter yet, but they're going to give him a little bit of an extended look this week. Do you anticipate that Broderick will be the starter? Do you think that this is just a... I don't know, just just a kind of safe face type of moment where they're really giving it to Chooks and making sure that he understands what's going on. Or do you just look at it as in like, you know, this is just part of football and they're going to they're going to keep it as on the line as possible because they don't want to upset anybody either way, including the fan base. Well, I sort of do think they're still going through a decision, you know, like Chooks, Chooks had his incident uh, a couple weeks ago and. They gave it to Broderick, but I I just don't know how. At the end of the day, you don't stick with Broderick. Like I don't yeah. I don't understand how you can't stick with him and ride with him until until the wheels fall off. Like quite frankly, like knowing that you'll always have Chooks in your back pocket, you can switch him out if it doesn't work out. But Broderick showed you, I think, too much 
uh, in his second start to, I mean, even in his first start to really say that he's not capable of handling this for right now. And I mean, it's just, it's just Chooks. Like I, I get it. Like, you know, a guy probably doesn't deserve to be benched after just, you know, one incident or something like that. But yeah, I still don't think Chooks has done enough as far as performance. And then, you know, obviously if there was, you know, an attitude issue or something he said, like, or if there's, you know, kind of an extracurricular issue, like that stuff put together. I mean, you combined with the fact that Broderick played so well, like that just all adds up to a pretty unfortunate situation for him. And I feel like you've, you've got, they're going to end up riding with Broderick. And I think that's the right move at, at this point. Yeah, I agree. What do you think Chuk said? You think you think I I mean not like obviously we have no idea but what uh do you think it was towards Canada you think it was towards Tomlin you think it was towards like Kenny you think it was towards the offensive line you think he just freaked out walking off the sideline like it had to be something significant right like I have no idea but yeah it had to have been something pretty crazy because right? like I mean I mean I saw someone make this point like you know George's at you know George's whatever you want to call it maybe an attitude issue like that doesn't bring up anything and I'm not yep. saying like we have no idea what Chooks did but like we know at a very least it's got to be more severe than what anything George was doing on the sideline and jo- what George was doing was real noticeable you yes know? like yes. it was so I mean it, it's it had to have been worse than than that at a baseline but I really have no idea because this is a little it's a little crazy it's a little out of left field like and for yeah. Tomlin to have like after the game uh last Thursday he didn't acknowledge anything about you know we benched Chooks for something he said or whatever so Mm -hmm. I I wonder just you know what made him uncomfortable in that moment uh talking about it but then he was ready to talk about it on Tuesday this week I I, I'm I have no idea but I'm I'm fascinated dude me too I have no like I, I have I've heard things here and there like that it was towards certain people but I don't know what it is and I don't know, like it had just like you said, like the George Pickens situation, like it couldn't just be like Chooks was angry after the game and he was just like throwing a hissy fit. Like, no, something had to be said. Like he had to go after somebody somewhere. I, it's clearly like not going to be it wasn't going to be like another offensive lineman, especially because, I mean, that's just dangerous. Chooks is a good player at times, but. If if there was an all out brawl, if there was a cage match with the the Steelers five starting offensive linemen, the only player that I would say probably holds less of a hand than Chooks is Dan Moore, just because Dan Moore is just a giant teddy bear. I think he's a great dude. I'm not talking trash to like Isaac Siamalu. That's just not you know that's a terrifying human being. Not happening. It had to be like, and I have a hard time thinking it's going to be or it was towards Kenny Pickett or like Najee or anybody. I feel like it's. It's either Canada or he just like lost it in the locker room. It was just like freaking out. But again, we didn't see anything after the game. I don't know. It was that was big. Like, and that's the other thing. It had to happen. It had to happen after everybody, either before everybody was in there or after everybody left, because the media goes in right after the game. And right. I mean, there was nothing. There was that no, no point that I see Chooks like throwing helmets and trying to punch people. He was. I didn't even realize he was in there if he was in there. I don't know. When it comes to Broderick Jones and Chooks Corfor, you have to start Broderick. There's no way that you could go back to Chooks. I get the money thing. I get the veteran thing. But I look at it pretty simply. Like, Chooks is at a point where you're probably not going to keep him next season. I think his cap hit 
is too big for his performance. And I think that's the truth this season, but next year there's an out. So you're going to move on from him. I think that Broderick playing right tackle now isn't the best case scenario, but it allows him to, I don't know, just get comfortable as a starter, recognize the offense, get some experience against some pretty big names out there. I think that's the best way to go about it. Do you think it hurts Broderick to be playing right tackle and then possibly switch back to left next season? No, not necessarily, because I think we'll have a whole offseason to to work at left and, and yeah. get re-familiar with that. Um, as long as he can handle right, then I'm not super concerned about it at all. I mean, and it seems like he has. And I also, yeah. you know, I think Tomlin said that, you know, it also makes, Dan, you know, Dan Moore is much more, much better at left tackle. So I think that, mm-hmm. like, you know, that helps everyone just a little bit. Like, I think Broderick will be able to figure it out. Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily concerned about it. And I'm definitely, you know, even less concerned about, possibly switching back at the end of this year, like over the off season when he has plenty of time, you know, months on months on, on end to, to make that switch. Do you think that there's a chance that Broderick becomes the permanent right tackle and then Dan becomes the permanent left tackle moving forward? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, like, I mean like beyond this season. Yeah, no. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, if it works out, like if we watch these last, however many games, we have left and 10, wait, set ten? nine, nine. Well, what's the record right now? Two and five and three, five and three. So they have so eight nine. games. Yeah. So you got 10 left, seven left. No, no nine, 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 nine. Yeah. I can't I was... do math. <laughs> I can't do math. It's this week not... 10. There's seven. There's eight weeks left. Eight games. Boom. Yeah, it's nine not games. All, it's not all math talk for a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think like that's perfectly reasonable. Like they, I, I could absolutely see if things go well over these last nine games. Uh, that if if it works out, then why would you not go into next year with two pretty young tackles uh, at yeah. either side, and you let Broderick kind of figure it out? Um, because I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, like you're you're you're. I could absolutely see. Bro, I don't think you just put. I don't think you make that move back or make that switch back just because it was Broderick's natural position because it's, it's Dan's natural position too. So, yeah, I agree. I think that if Dan plays well the rest of the season and the offensive line looks really good, why would you not just continue to let an offensive line mesh the way that it is? I think there's also the possibility that you go into the off season and you see if Broderick and Dan could switch sides and just, you know, see if that works out. And it, it probably doesn't, but I think it's worth maybe just like a test to say, Hey, look at, you know, could Dan play the right side? Could could Jones play the left side? Just because Broderick is like he's a natural left tackle and his his ceiling is so much higher than Dan Moore's that I think it's worth at least giving it a test. But I could see I agree. I could see them moving forward with that as their starting offensive line. I don't have issues with it as long as they're succeeding. You know, if this is eh, Dan's screwing up from time to time, but he doesn't look worse than Chooks and you know, you're going to you're going to hold on because you didn't have you didn't have the opportunity to add or draft somebody else. I think that's when things get dangerous. Like, don't keep Roger Jones at right tackle just because your offseason had too many needs and you weren't able to add a right tackle. If that's your situation, it's a tough one to be in. But I think you have to almost make it a priority to find a way to get Broderick back to the left side, whether that's through the draft or in free agency or just saying, hey, Dan, you got to figure out right tackle. Like, that's our only option here. You got to do it. But 
if everybody looks good, if this offensive line continues to succeed, I could see it. I could see it as well. When they move forward, Broderick becomes the permanent right tackle. Dan's the permanent left tackle. And like the, people lose their minds over that. People get upset about that. I think if it works, there's no reason to get upset about it. Like, I think that if this offensive line looks good for the rest of the season, what are you stressing about? You know, that's all you're looking for. You don't care who's playing where, as long as people are playing well and the Steelers looked well and looked good against the Tennessee Titans. So if that's the case, move forward. But I don't think Chooks should start another game for the Steelers unless he has to. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but I think it's the easiest call you can make. Like, Putting Dan Moore back in there, I didn't agree with. I I think Dan Moore has played better than Chooks, for being honest, this season. And I, I think that, that you have to, that it's easier to say Chooks is benched than it would be to say Dan Moore was benched at the time that he got hurt, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <clears throat> All right. Next thing I want to talk about, Mike Tomlin. He was asked about Kenny Pickett. Didn't, uh, didn't really take it well. He was asked about Kenny Pickett's Passer rating from quarters one through three being, I believe, a 75, 75.3. And then in the fourth quarter, it's a 108.2. Whoever asked the question, which we're not going to name names, only asked about quarters one through three. Tomlin immediately jumped in, goes, quote, what is his rating in the fourth quarter? The answer was 108.2. Well, just ask it from that perspective. He's awesome in the fourth quarter. Man, he rises up to those moments. He wants to be the reason why we're successful. He prepares his tail off. In some instances, when people run from challenges, he runs two challenges. So that's why his performance is so good in the fourth. Those other quarters will work on. Before we dive into anything else here, it, I mean, I get it that Kenny is really good in the fourth quarter and you could win in the fourth quarter as long as you keep it close. Is it an issue that Mike Tomlin is just like, yeah, whatever, man, at least he's good in the fourth quarter and we'll just worry about the other three eventually. Yeah, I was going to say this is a perfectly I was expecting, you know, some kind of like, you know, poorly worded question or something like that. No, that's a perfectly like fair question. And I don't understand why he's being so dodgy about it. Like that stuff matters. Like, uh, oh, he's good for one quarter of the game. Like that's literally was saying like we're not yeah. we're like. I, I get it. Like I, I, I think this version of Kenny is better than the inverse. Like, you know, being good in the clutch moments, I think is, is much harder to teach than being good in just regular moments. So yes. if you can get Kenny to a, even a decent level in those three quarters, then, you know, the, the fourth quarter looks, the fourth quarter stuff looks even better, but yeah, this stuff matters. It's real. It's like why you weren't able to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's why, you couldn't keep pace with the uh with the Ford Niners or the Texans. Uh like that Texans game, it finished thirty to six, but yeah. it was relatively close for more than three quarters, I want to say. Um Yeah, so you, like if you show up in quarters one through three, you're not looking at a thirty to six game no matter what. Right. And so like, yeah, this stuff matters. I don't know. For him to brush it off is so so weird and I don't get it and I, I feel like it it dismisses what is a like the I don't know for him to be like well no just look at it from the fourth quarter like no that's not what this is about yeah. like we have no questions about the fourth quarter that that's yeah. fine but there are three quarters there's seventy five percent of the game that he's not been very good in why are you not as concerned about that that is yes. the vast majority of the game like it is I, I don't get it 
you're you're eight no if you show up in those first three. I mean, maybe seven and one if you show up in those first three quarters of football. Like that's the thing is just like you said, Houston. You don't let games get out of control. You don't rely on your defense so much. I think that's the biggest issue here, and and why people are asking the questions. Like, I don't think it necessarily has to do with oh, why does Kenny stink from quarters one through three, but he's so good in the fourth. And like you know, I think the the bigger picture, the broader question is how far are you willing to push this before it comes back to bite you one final time? Because you are not going to be able to just rely on your defense to hold a team to within seven points heading into the fourth quarter. That's just not, that's not sustainable. It might be sustainable for the five games that you made it sustainable for, and it might be sustainable for another five games this season, but it's not going to be sustainable against Cincinnati in the playoffs. It's not going to be sustainable against Kansas city in the playoffs or Miami in the playoffs or any of those teams. Like you're going to find yourself in situations where your defense just can't do enough. And at that point, the game's over. And I just, I think that's the most pressing thing is yeah. Kenny isn't great for 75% of the game and that's huge, but you completely eliminate any chance that you have to win a football game. If your defense does not play perfect from quarters one through three. I mean, it could do whatever it wants in the fourth quarter as long as it keeps it within a reasonable score that Kenny could go win a football game. But those first three quarters, if your defense doesn't show up, if you're not getting turnovers, I mean, Jacksonville is a prime example. Like, they kept it to 10 points, but that game should have been so much worse than it was. So much worse than it was. Never felt like they were in it, you know? No, exactly. And that's the thing is, like, that's a 10-point game. If you don't get those two turnovers you lose by much more. If you execute off of those two turnovers earlier in the game, you win the football game. Like that's the thing is you are limiting yourself to, we have to be perfect on defense for three quarters. Otherwise there is no opportunity to win. That's not a sustainable way to win football games. That's not a sustainable way to win in the NFL, especially in 2023. That's the more pressing thing. Like, you know, I get it. When, when the Steelers win, Tomlin is allowed to be as cocky as he wants and you know address things however he wants because the Pittsburgh Steelers won but just like you said they are ignoring a very serious issue here's the question that comes with that if Kenny does not improve throughout the season and the Steelers continue to be a fourth quarter team offensively and maybe they make the playoffs maybe they don't make the playoffs is that enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers in your eyes to go into the offseason and say there is no chance we even think about adding a quarterback? There is no chance we think about adding competition. Kenny Pickett is our guy. There are no questions there. Or do you look at it like maybe it is a situation where you do have to have a backup plan just in case Kenny does not improve? Well, I think I don't think they will go into this offseason kind of regardless of anything yeah. uh, looking for a quarterback. I just don't. You know, I mean, Mike Tomlin pretty much didn't say it very plainly, but the way he's defending Kenny, that's what that's what I believe. Um, But I think, yeah, if Kenny doesn't doesn't improve at all from now until the end of the season, you you, it's irresponsible not to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, especially. I mean, you look at this draft class and it's some of the quarterbacks in there are are pretty impressive uh, and it's a pretty deep class in that way. So. You know, you have to do your due diligence there. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means that, you know, if Kenny doesn't, you know, make noticeable steps forward before the end of the year, I don't think that necessarily means that 
uh, you have to start finding a new starter. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think you can give Kenny a little bit more time than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to start thinking about it. It's like, and 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 if and only if Kenny just doesn't show you any kind of improvement over the final nine games of the nine year. Nine games, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but I I don't know if that'll happen. Um, I kind of don't expect it to happen, but. Yeah, I mean that's if if Kenny I think shows you you anything that you feel like oh we can work with they are going to to grab onto that and carry it into another year um, because I don't yeah. I, I just don't think they want to go through another quarterback search either like they felt like they had their guy and I think until the wheels fall off completely they are going to they're going to stick with them. What is the wheels falling off completely? What do you look at that as? Well, I don't know because like I like. Not to always bring it back to the Patriots, but I feel like they're in very similar situations. As we know, the fans love when you bring it back to the Patriots. Well, I feel like <laughs> as much as like the Steelers are in a little bit of a better situation, but like yeah. this is, they were pretty similar. I feel like you know, coming off of really historic stretches, yep. you've got a coach who carried you through some really good times, but you had to switch quarterbacks, and that's created some issues. That that transition has created some issues, and. I can tell you no one really no one outside of the Patriots locker room really sees it with Mac Jones, but yeah. they've rocked with him for a while. Um and he's won some games for them, but nothing really that significant. And it's start the wheels are starting to come off now, but it's it's how many like when he starts committing tons of turnovers, when it doesn't look like he really has a command of the offense, I feel like that right now I don't know if Kenny's actively hurting the team, if I if I can yeah. necessarily say that. But if there comes a day where you look at it and he's he is turning the ball over, where he's you know just plain missing open receivers, things like that, not taking advantage of a game plan that's that's working, that's that's when you start to have that conversation. That's when you start to think, okay, here here's the wheels kind of falling off because there's also just a the other side of it is there is a a situation where he's just not moving the team forward at all. You know, like yep. you're just kind of spinning your tires and you're not really really doing anything different with Kenny at quarterback. And then that's a a conversation of, well, we know what this guy is and the ceiling isn't very high. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I look at it when you run out of excuses, that's when it is time to fully consider change for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now there are just too many excuses that the defense has some issues. Matt Canada is obviously going to take a hefty load of the blame for the time being. People are going to get on Mike Tomlin. People are going to get on the offensive line. They're going to come up with a million reasons. George Pickens being frustrated probably adds to that list. When you run out of excuses, when it becomes this is Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is the problem. That's I agree. That's when there there are no other reasons than to move on. I agree. I there are no there is almost no chance the Pittsburgh Steelers move on after the season or even bring in a backup option. Like I just I've been asked that by so many people over the last. I don't know, week, week and a half of just, hey, will the Steelers, is there any chance the Steelers move on after the season or at least bring somebody in to compete? And my answer is no. If I had to guess the Steelers quarterback room a year from now, it is Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, insert third name here. It could be Mason Rudolph. It could be somebody else, depending on if Mason Rudolph gets signed somewhere else. Uh, But that's, if I had to guess, it looks much similar or it looks very similar to what it does today. Now, if it's me, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm bringing in somebody, you know, I don't know if I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round, but 
I'm considering drafting a quarterback in the first three rounds to just have somebody there just in case, you know, just, uh, yeah, well, Introduce some competition, exactly. Healthy competition with very like healthy competition with almost no expectation. Not like, uh, oh, this is, this is competition. That's going to come in here. Kenny, you have to prove yourself more of just like, let's see what this other guy has as in a backup role. And then we could internally evaluate where we stand in our quarterback situation if Kenny does not improve. But that's a big if. I think that if is I I don't expect that if to change. If if that's, you know, I don't want to be too harsh, but I just expect the end of the season to look much like the first half of the season where it's like, okay, well, Kenny's really good in the fourth quarter. He's not very good the rest of the game. That's an issue, but the Pittsburgh Steelers see the value in the fourth quarter and see where they could go from there. But maybe I'm wrong. I just, I, I, but I don't think that I agree with you. I don't think anybody has any intentions of making a move yet. They found their quarterback. Everybody likes their quarterback. And like, quite frankly, Kenny doesn't stink. Like that's the, that's the biggest thing is Kenny does not stink. He might not be good, but he does not stink. And he shines in moments where you need him to shine. And on top of that, the Pittsburgh Steelers are five and three. You know, if the Steelers were three and five or two and six or whatever, totally different conversation, but they are five and three. There's no reason to blow things up or even consider blowing things up. If you're a winning football team. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. The Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with three injuries, two injuries. Excuse me. I'm not real good with numbers today. Don't know (laughs) what's going on with me, but not great with the numbers. Two injuries, Minka Fitzpatrick, who the Steelers do not expect to play this week against the Green Bay Packers, still dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know when he comes back. Mike Tomlin said that there's a possibility that he uh, begins to practice this week. I would say even that is very slim just from what I have heard. The other one is Montrevious Adams, nose tackle, who left in week nine against the Titans with an ankle injury. His status is very much so up in the air. Keanu Benton would be in line to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, does that excite you? Does does Benton taking over a starting role, even if it's for a game, give you any optimism or, or any any thoughts, you know, on what you could see out of this rookie? Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I think we've seen a lot from Keanu Benton already. Um, yeah. I think he's been really good. I think he's absolutely deserving of more playing time. And, you know, uh, this isn't. I think this is good. I think this yeah. is good for the long term, like future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like th- this past draft class is going to go down as a pretty, pretty landmark one. I feel like for this yeah. team, just because you've seen basically, I mean, all of their, what top three, four picks, mm-hmm. I would say, I would even venture to say if you throw Nick Herbing in there, but they have all produced at the NFL level in regular season games. They've shown you that they are, they are capable NFL players in their first year. Uh, and so you, you can only reasonably expect for them to continue to get better and with experience. So I think Benton's one of those guys. I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, as a full-time starter. And I, I, I think this is absolutely, a- absolutely a good move. And I don't think you even worry about like, Oh, is this like, you know what happens if if he can't handle kind of the rigors of being a full time starter because yeah. you have some more options. Like you, you it's not mm-hmm. like there are, you know, the the cupboard's completely bare and that you know Keanu Benton is starting simply because he's have to he has to like there are no other bodies like there are other guys they could have thrown in there but no Benton's risen to 
to the top. He's still, you know, kind of technically a backup, but uh, you know, I think for Benton and for most of those other rookies who are getting starts, it's because they've played really well. Like they've, they've played their way into those jobs as well, which is encouraging. Yeah, I agree. Like you, you, you have backup plans in Braden Fajoko, you have backup plans in Armand Watts. I think both of those are capable guys in the middle. If Adams can't go, I also think that, you know, this is an opportunity for Benton to prove himself as a starter and to earn more reps without necessarily taking much away from Adams because Adams has been phenomenal this season. And I don't think that the Steelers view Adams as a guy that like, I I don't think that this is a situation where the Steelers are like, oh, well, we want to see what Keanu Benton has because and this is an opportunity because Adams hasn't played great. Like, I think they see very much so the value in Adams and they liked, I mean, he's young. So like you could continue to build him into whatever you would like to build him into with the Steelers. Do you see this as if Keanu plays well, he is another starter full time. Do you see this as that type of opportunity? I don't. I mean, I mean, I think he can earn himself some more playing time, but like you said, yeah. Adams has played really well. He's, he deserves the chance to deserves a chance to lose that job. That sounds kind of weird, yeah. but like, no, I you know, he, yeah, he's like he's played well enough where you don't just unseat him because you you think you might see someone better, but because he's got to, you know, he's got to not play up to to a certain standard in order for you to, I think, move on from him. He's he's earned a little bit more than that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Adams is your guy. I also think that three starters, you know, three rookie starters, great, and like you could build that, but you're approaching week ten. The rookie wall hits right around like week 13, week 14. At that point, you know, I, I, I'm a proponent of it's good to have rookies out there. It's not great to overplay rookies because they tend to wear out at the end of the season. You don't want to have to rely on that. I think you keep Benton fresh on the sideline and like let him work in as he's been working in and allow yourself to have two options come the postseason if you find yourself in the postseason that's kind of what worries me about like Joey Porter Jr. Like Joey Porter Jr. has shown me no signs of slowing down, but at what point do you get tired? You know, what point does a 17 game NFL season compare to a 13 game college football season that ends a month prior to when an NFL season starts. And I think that, you know, at some point you just, you have to weigh your, your, your starters right now, your talent level right now to where you'd like to be at the end of December. And I think that I agree with you, like starting Adams, there's no reason to change that or to even look at it in that light to just say, hey, look, this is a good week for Benton to play. Another man's trash is or one man's trash is another man's treasure, you know, give him an opportunity, but no significant change for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Hopefully Minka and Adams are back relatively soon. We'll see what happens. I saw Adams walking around in a in a boot on Monday. I don't know how much ground that holds at this point in the season. Everybody kind of walks around with some sort of crutch because their bodies are shutting down. But that's something I've learned this football season. It doesn't matter what kind of foot injury you have. They put you in a boot now. Yeah, you're walking in a boot for at least 24 to 48 hours. Like you're. Yeah, yeah this is this. They I, I would boot love used to, to be see... like if you were getting amputated, like now yeah. it's everyone gets boots. Yeah, dude, you got an you rolled an ankle boot. You got a boot. boot. You know, you're stub your toe boot, 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 hamstring injury probably boot yeah yeah (laughs) definitely boots all right with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all steelers talk make sure to subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash all steelers talk find us anywhere 
you get your podcast. Check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday to prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers Week 10 matchup with the Green Bay Packers. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.